and welcome to Drop the Ball. Oh my God, you would never believe what just happened. Oliver is not here. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't. He's Oliver doesn't know. love us anymore. He like sent us this long, like explicit, written, like just excuse. Like, really? Yeah. He was. I mean, he was like, "F you. I'm so sick of both of you. I have better things to do. I hate it here." He called us like a bunch of words that I can't repeat. He well, yeah. He called us like on. slurs. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah, it was insane. So. It's cancel Oliver month. <laughs> month. We're not going into 2023 with Oliver still on our minds. He's canceled. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. But that uh, that wonderful voice that you heard that is in directly in front of me is the one and only Jackson Wilkes. Hey, Jackson everybody. Jackson Wilkes is here. Hey, everybody. It's, only, it's always us, I feel. Uh, yeah, I'm the only constant. Yeah, except for that one time. Except for that one time, but that wasn't my fault. I tried to get out of it. Yeah, you're right. Um, stupid show. Anyways... Um, so Matthew, 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 um, (laughs) Matthew. So remember a couple, uh, probably like a month ago, like a month ago on one of our episodes, I mentioned about how I was at like Top Golf with like some friends, and they brought a friend along, like a mutual friend along, and like she was kind of bad, so I was trying to like spit game, you know? Yeah, absolutely. But then I went and pooped, and then I made a poop joke, and it just went totally awry. Remember all that? Poop joke going awry. Yeah. Cool. I do that a lot, so it's probably hard to narrow it down. But um, I finally got her number. Nice. Um, and I <laughs> I was, like, going to do it when we were hanging out with, like, a group of friends. But then, like, we walked out together, and I chickened out, like, real hard. Okay. Like, I didn't even mention it. Like, under my breath, I said, fuck. And she goes, what? And I was like, oh, um, uh, nothing. My friends are just going to want me to play video games. I'm tired. <laughs> Like literally, I said "fuck" to myself. She heard, and then she asked what was up. Anyways, so I text her, and she's got an Apple. So I like, she has like an Apple phone, and I was like trying like an iPhone. And I was trying to like, like be a little like funny or whatever. I mm-hmm. was like, yeah, like this is the first text, and I have no reason to text her. So I'm gonna like make this a good one, you know? Yeah, 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 for sure. And so I texted her like, you know, like how you're like getting like those political ads or something like that. And it's like, reply stopped. Opt out of this. Blah blah. blah right. Oh no. <laughs> no. So I text her and I go, You're about to receive a text from Jackson Wilkes. To opt out of this message, please reply, quote, stop. And then like the little stars, I said, fees and limitations from your provider may occur. And then I sent another message and I was like, Man, you think Apple and Android would get along like well enough to like not send that message cross platform, you know? And she responded <laughs> over twenty four hours later and went You'd think that was it. <laughs> um, and so like, I responded maybe like two. So hours. what do I do, guys? I think do I, should I respond again? <laughs> well, I, no, I responded like two hours later, and I was like, I'm buying an iPhone tomorrow. Can you deal with the green text until then? And she just goes, she doesn't respond until like this morning at like 11:30, and goes, I think I'll survive. And I, you know, I, I let that sit for about an hour. And then right before I was go- going to work, I said, what are you up to today? Nothing. It has been um, a little over nine hours. <laughs> nice. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, We're feeling good. Yeah. <laughs> don't let anybody tell you I don't got game because holy shit. Shit. <laughs> Damn. I'm just throwing that shit down. It ain't even hard for me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> you got me with the uh, 
with the uh, stop in quotes. That's where it got me. <laughs> stop. Please reply. Stop. Stop. <laughs> usually just usually that's how they that's how she knew it was fake, actually. <laughs> usually they just have it in like in bold or in Well, in I had caps. the I did the all caps. Oh, okay. But I put it in quotes. Ah, oh, see, um, that's what it is. That's what it was. To, you just need to do it in stop. It was it's like it well, honestly like it it wasn't even that it failed. It was that like she felt bad enough to respond still and she just said, "You think <laughs> nothing else." <laughs> like she felt bad enough to try to like play along with it, but not bad enough to be like, "Oh yeah, I'm going to like at least keep messaging this guy." You That's know? a lot of effort. You took you took some time to think about that text. Too. Yeah, She's I like just I th- like you I th- think- I, right. I thought it was pretty good, and like just like two words, and she even included an exclamation point in there. <laughs> two words, exclamation point. That's all I got. Um. So yeah, uh, let's talk about the Chiefs, huh? Yeah, we probably should. Um, <laughs> Uh, not a good week for me, but the Chiefs won. Yeah. So there's that. Was it a great week for the Chiefs? Who's to say? Ah, they won. Uh, yeah, they did win. You're right. They won. So we're going to start with the Arrowhead Shop Talk. Then we're going to swing over to the K for the Coffin Corner for some stupid-ass Royals news. And then we're going to end it with America's favorite segment, Drop the Ball. My God, Arrowhead Shop Talk. Let's start with it. How do you make the worst team in the in the NFL look really good? I think that was the game plan going into this game. Now, here's the thing. We... At the end of the year, no matter what happens, nobody's going to look back at this game and be like, oh, well, it was against Houston that we fucked up. So that's what, no, you won. You didn't lose your seating yet. So don't mess with it. I think you're, I think they'll be okay. But yeah, I mean, I, it, I think it's a bit concerning when you are in a one score game, the entire game with the Houston Texans. Uh, yeah. I mean, here's the thing. I look at the stats, and there's absolutely nothing about that game that looks bad until you get to the fouls, the penalties. Oh, yeah. Because, um, like, I don't know. Like, you look at the stats, and you're like, God damn, Patrick Mahomes is a really good quarterback, <laughs> right? And then you look at the defensive stats, you know, and you're like, I mean – not that bad. We held them to like 219 total yards and only 125 passing. Um, uh, the defense was pretty suspect on Sunday. And we also had it. Was it? Is 219 total yards suspect, Matthew? I mean, literally the only two bad parts of that game were the turnovers and the officiating. Okay, yes. I will. I would agree that if we didn't have so many turnovers, we'd have, we didn't have two stupid-ass turnovers, it would have been a – it would have been a different game because the offense was driving the whole game and Pat didn't make a mistake. We would have won in regulation by 14 points if it wasn't for those turnovers. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Fine. Fine. Like, sorry, I'm not, I'm not trying to get head on, but, like, I'm not going to let the defense get shit on for 219 total yards. That's insane. That's crazy. That's good. That's real good. Even against a bad team. They still made Davis Mills look relatively... There was, there was absolutely times where it was a little worrisome. There was that one that, like, Trent McDuffie got burned on. Yeah. Um, but, like, honestly, like, I think a lot of it had to do with uh, with a young defense, you know? Like, not that the Texans are, like, a veteran team that have the ability to expose rookies, but, like, I don't know. Carl Sheppers sucks. He's so bad at his job. Um, 
I think ever since Travis Kelsey told him he couldn't work at Foot Locker, <laughs> yeah, he I think he's just been like, fuck the Chiefs. Um, I don't like them, and I'm I, never going to work for them I don't have exact stats on hand, but I've seen multiple things. People who went back and looked at like how often and much he's um, he's penalized the Chiefs, and it's like some crazy, insane amount. Like, like almost blatant. I'm not going to sit here and say that like it's obvious, but like it was really hard to watch at times where like Mahomes was like getting punched in the face or like twisted around and thrown to the ground really hard. Not that I think like choke slammed, like not, WWE chokes. Right. Not that I think that they should have been penalties, but based on how they've been calling roughing the passers this season, there was three that went uncalled yeah. against the Texans on Patrick Mahomes. And it's not like it's like some random no name quarterback that nobody knows. This is like the elite of the elite quarterback. In this the NFL. is the probably the MVP front runner. If you think that anybody's getting protected, it's probably this him. isn't Taylor Heineke getting not getting these calls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No disrespect to Taylor Heineke. He might he has his team in the playoff contention. But I mean like But he's not the Tom Brady, Josh Allen, right, Lamar Jackson right. type where Um That's honestly that was my biggest takeaway from the game. You know? Like it's a fourteen point game if you take away those turnovers, and it's probably even a twenty one point game or a seventeen point game Without, if you take away some of those penalties. With stupid pass interference calls where Jalen Watson literally had a hand on someone's waist and they were like pass interference and it's like, dude, what are you talking There's about? There's one instance where they called a pass interference where it should have been a hold. Which like it, I mean like it's a penalty for a penalty, but like a pass interference, especially when it happens way downfield zone, yeah. is way different than like a ten yard holding penalty, you know? Well and also the there was a couple of them with uh with one there was one with Juan Thornhill where Juan Thornhill got pushed down by Philip Dorsett and then they called the penalty on Juan Thornhill for illegal contact. I'm like, are you kidding me? He literally like he threw him off him. Like I, I mean, I'm not trying to be rude here, and I could be, I could see if uh if Philip Dors if Juan Thornhill was getting in the way of the receiver's like route, but right when he pushed down. Philip Dorsett sat in that sat in that little little pouch like he he sat there, which yeah. means he was not getting in the way of what the route was. Yep, he j- it just means that Philip Dorsett pushed him down. Yeah. Also, and, the Travis Kelsey thing. Yeah, the Travis Kelsey thing. Like the be- fact that there wasn't at least offsetting penalties is insane. There, like, just crazy. They just like stayed insane. on top of him, and then yeah. Travis Kelsey pushed him off. Everything and like, the tag flag, flag. Everything with the tackle was fine until the whistle blew, and he got his head shoved into the ground multiple times while he was trying to get up. Hey, we'll see. Uh, we'll see on the new Heights podcast what Travis Kelsey has to say. Oh, I'm I'll sure they'll honest. talk about it. Because I seriously, I would not be surprised if they if they bring up the whole Carl Cheffers thing because that might be the. The biggest thing is Travis Kelsey did call him out in the 2016 divisional round for yeah. he shouldn't even be able to wear zebra stripes. I yeah, I mean like we could talk about the officiating all day. It was really yeah. really bad. And, like, but here's but the problem. Here's the problem is that I am not. We should have prefaced it with this. We are usually well shouldn't have done it. What are you doing? Or like, and like I feel like all of the all of our episodes reflect that. Especially that we are Oliver's usually like no, because he's pretty good at keeping no us excuses. Grounded. Yeah, no excuses. Like, you had opportunities to win before this Right, like, even if we have beef with the call, it's like, well, that didn't change the game. Yeah. But over, I think it was like over 100 yards of penalty yards. Which is not like an Andy Reid Not Not to mention, yeah, the Chiefs Chiefs are one of the least penalized teams in the the NFL this year. I think they're they're like top three least penalized teams in the Andy Reid era. Probably. So it's like, like, what are we doing in that game? To get penalized more, not to mention it was like really like it was so obvious like how often like Chris Jones and Carl Loftus were both getting held in that game, you know, and like there was like really blatant um, 
roughing uh, or unnecessary roughness calls on the Texans like multiple times, including the time that they could have called it on what's his fuck, you know? So it's like, I yeah, I, I we should move past this. But like that being said, yeah, that game was closer than it should have been. But at the same time, two turnovers who I wish I could say were uncharacteristic um, helped them stay into it because they got 14 other points off of it. Here. And the officiating was just so not good. The, the Pacheco one, 100%. Like, I, I'm. The, the Pacheco one, dumb as hell. It looked like it just fell out of his hands. The Juju one. One was really stupid because he was like literally thrown to the ground and like picked up and thrown. Yeah, the Juju one, honestly, the Juju one seemed like it was unnecessary roughness in its own, in its own right. Yeah, but like but that being said, I'm still not convinced it was a fumble either. It was it was coming loose, but I'm surprised as to since it was downed, I don't know why that well, they Yeah, so said my issue so I remember watching it and I was like, so I get that it was maybe loose, but then the dude falls on it has his entire body weight on it and an arm wrapped around the ball, and then someone jumps on him and rips it away from him. How is he not down with the ball in that instance? You know? Yeah. Like, I like I, I don't understand how with his entire body weight on it and even just one arm wrapped around the ball, he's not down with possession before someone jumps into him and rips it away from him. Yeah. I mean, I think that, yeah, this officiating crew was not good, and I hate to be that type of thing but it was ridiculously terrible and yeah. i can't stand it this is the one thing that i will say about the officiating crew that was the fishiest out of them all is that willie gay in his post-game interview was talking about how uh he recovered the fumble in overtime and he literally heard the officials saying it's blue it's blue it's blue he's like i have it in my hands i have it in my hands it's right here what the what the heck and and they're like well i guess it's white then so that to me at least proves it's like they were trying to make some sort of excuse that the Texans had the ball, and so yeah, I'm I'm done with that. Like I think that that as that is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, I, mean, I can't stand. I that. um, it was kind of interesting because there was multiple times that that like the official uh, the the commentators were like, yeah, that's a really dumb call. I don't get it. And then Gene Statsroy comes on and is like, no, that makes sense. And like every time it was kind of like. This seems like Gene's just trying to, like... Like, there was multiple times that Gene, who's, like, the rules, like, a, a expert or whatever. Like, he used to be Gene an official Sterator, for a long time. Yeah. yeah. If you don't know who I'm talking about. There's multiple times Gene came on, and instead of, like, going, like, yeah, I'm, this call is correct, he basically was just like, yeah, this is why they may call, maybe called it. But, like, he refused to say that that was an incorrect call. Even though he also was refusing to, like, assert that the call was correct. Anyways, I don't want to talk about the officials anymore. Are you? Do you have your final say? Yeah, I go. Um, I think really at the bottom line, it, uh, Mahomes, um, which just kind of feeds into what my prediction was last week, even though it wasn't correct. Mahomes took the took the uh, took the game into his own hands. He was he was clearly playing a little bit angry, you know, like he he was mad at his performance against um, the Broncos, even though they still won that game too. Um, and frankly, what it comes down to the end of the day, like I was saying earlier, is that the Chiefs are still winning. Um, even if it's an ugly game, uh, and, um, you know, there's room for improvement, but we have yet to have a, a full game on both sides of the ball, um, where we're fully healthy, you know, even yesterday where we had like Kadarius back and Juju, Juju back, Juju was playing through injury. Kadarius probably isn't all the way up to full usage yet. And we don't have a callback probably until next week. 
Um, and I hate to tell everybody, but McColl might have been a way bigger part of this offense than people like to admit, especially with how they were using him this year. Um, I genuinely think they might bring him back next year, and he might come back for cheap. Uh, that's an entirely different conversation that we can have like in the offseason, blah, blah, blah. But um, there's one more part of the game that I want to talk about, but I want you to get down to your brass tacks before I start leading into it. Oh, yeah, no, I, I don't have to talk about the officials anymore. I think more than anything, before you get into this, I think more than anything, it's like the Chiefs made their way out of a victory that they should have won. Like, they made their way out of a game that they should have won, and they won. And so I think that that's as simple as put as simple put as, as possible. I don't think this is something to worry about. I think it's fine, but, I mean, clean up the turnovers, of course, but that's about the only thing that I can say. So you go ahead into your your new little thing uh so last week remember the week was week before um i said something about a little specific certain kicker on the kansas city chiefs and i remember oliver and matt a little bit were like ah, i don't know blah 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 blah, until i kind of started laying out the facts um the fact of the matter is that harrison butker um when i originally um when i originally was talking about this was missing a fourth of his kicks overall kicks um and he had also missed one that was like a game-changing situation like this could win the game which was the whole reason people were like okay i'm fine with him missing maybe an extra point every now and then as long as he makes the the ones that matt like super super matter at the end of the game to win it right like the big kicks um so not only did he miss another extra point this week but he also missed one of those this wins the games clutch kicks as well so this is the first time that I can think of that he missed not only an extra point, but the big clutch one at the end of the game in the same game. Um, and I hate to say this, and this isn't something that I say lightly. I genuinely think the Chiefs need to go and get a new kicker sooner rather than later. I remember the last time we talked about this, I said it can wait till the end of the season. But if he cannot make those kicks, we need to find someone who can. You're not going to get somebody for the end of the season. I do not care if we find somebody that can make a 57, 62, 80-yard field goal. I want someone who you are going to put out there and anything underneath 45 yards is going to ice it. Ice it. It's as simple as that. When our offense is this good, if we are outside of 45 yards, just trust the offense to do the job. And if not, I'd rather someone who's maybe a little iffy from anything outside of 50 be out there trying to make something outside of 50 because odds are we're not going to need to be in that position if he's making his kicks earlier on in the game. We win that game. I mean, aside from the turnovers and the officiating, we win that game if Harrison Butker makes the one at the end of the game or that extra point, right? The one at the end of the game was a 51-yarder, which so should be for an NFL kicker, right? I hate saying that kick, uh, like a kicker's job, is easy. a kicker's job is not easy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I hate saying yeah, it like sure. that should be... Like, that should be an easy kick for him. Because a 51-yard field goal is not easy, right? Especially at the end of the game with all the with all the nerves and everything else. And I've seen some stuff about how maybe it's Tommy Townsend's fault for holding the ball, blah, blah, blah. Uh, maybe that is the case. Uh, but I, it's just, whatever the issue is, if it is, if it isn't Tommy Townsend and it is Butker, you need to find someone or at least start the search now for someone who is going to allow you to be competitive throughout the whole game. Because the fact of the matter is, this is two games now, I'm pretty sure in a row, or at least two of the last three, that we would have won the game if there wasn't a missed field goal that was basically a chip shot 
or an extra point. Like I'm not even counting the 50 yarders, you know. Like I think it might have been the Broncos game, or maybe that was the maybe it was the week before that he missed one that was like 30 yards out, and the game would have been significantly easier for us in the long run if he would have made that. Yeah. Um, I I'm saying this because I said it before, and I want to hammer home that I was not only ahead of the curve here, but to really make sure everybody understands that this is an issue. This is something that has to be fixed if we want to win the Super Bowl. I know it sounds dumb, but if we do not have a kicker and or a kicking unit that is making at least 85% of their field goals, which is not even league average, by the way, we are not going to win a Super Bowl. I'm pretty sure he's under 75, maybe even close to 70, and that's not doable right now. That doesn't work. That's not That doesn't fly. That's not kosher. End of rant. I, I agree with you that you need somebody. I'm not saying and I'm and I'm sure as hell saying he's making four point four million dollars next year and he's not getting that. I think that the Chiefs will probably cut him before that happens. Um or they'll bring somebody in to try and at least take his spot from him. I, I just it's something that I don't think they're gonna make right now. That's not a move they're gonna make right now. Um my confidence in him is fading by the day because my what I said to you last time was was you know he anytime he's had to come up and make a big kick, he has made that kick, and at when I said that three weeks ago, right, he did, right. I think there's been two now. Yeah, that were like bigger kicks. Uh, it was yeah, it was the one against Cincinnati. I think was after we was when we started having the conversation. Yeah, but I just. I, I, it's tough for me because I, I agree with your point. Yeah. But I think that, I think he hasn't done enough yet to be like, okay, no, he's not good enough. Now he's been hella inconsistent, but like we're paying him for the playoffs. And if he shows up and he has a good playoffs, dude, he's not going to lose his job. He's I just mean, not. Right. But I mean, like if you really want to get into brass tacks, we're paying him for the whole season. We pay him for 17 games. Yeah. For as sure. well as the playoffs. And, like, we don't need him to be, like, end-all, be-all, best kicker in the world for the regular season. But, like, there's an argument to be made that, that I mean, like, we are still in control of the bye in the first week if he is a little bit more consistent and better this season. We He is, like, the third or second highest paid kicker in the league right now, I think. And he is 30th in field goal percentage. 29th an extra point percentage. Right? Yeah. Now he has the longest one made this year. Cool. That was in the at the end of the first half in a game that we ended up losing. But um if you're the third highest kicker, paid kicker in the league, you better be higher than 30th in field goal percentage and 29th in extra point percentage. That doesn't that doesn't fly for third highest paid. Yeah, yeah for sure. That's my biggest issue is that like for a team that has that is trying to compete so often that we keep having higher paid players on our team, we can't afford any cap hit to go to a kicker who's not doing his job well. Yeah. I think that's the biggest issue. Like if if this dude was getting paid like a million dollars this year, that's fine. Whatever. Yeah. But I think he's I don't I don't even know what his contract is, but I know he's it's, said, well it's know he's it's supposed to be one of the top echelon kickers in the game and he's right. not. And he's yeah. not. Yeah. I like he certainly earned his contract when he signed it. Absolutely. Um 
and there and I don't want to like harp on him too much because there has been enough there has been enough um, evidence displayed by former Chiefs players and also people on Twitter that um, a lot of these issues stem from Tommy Townsend not being the best holder. If that's the case, get someone else to hold the damn ball, you know. Um, but because Townsend's a great punter, I don't. We don't need to get rid of him just because he can't hold a damn ball. There's so many other people that can hold a ball, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, it was the quarterbacks for a while that did it. <laughs> um, but um, you know, Chad Henney's been around the league long enough that he probably held a few balls in this time. Yeah. Pause. But um, yeah, I that's that's the end of my rant. I just wanted to like. Get that out there. Um, I, I, I just, I, I'm gonna be really frustrated if we lose a game in the playoffs, because it comes down to um, OT that could have been avoided if we made an extra point, or, um, or like a last second field goal that is within, on frankly, 55 yards. Yeah. If you're a playoff contending team, you can't afford to have a kicker on your team that can't make a kick 55 yards out. Yeah. Consistently. Yeah. That's I guess that's the point. I got angry. This is Angry Jackson. I apologize to all our viewers. That's why I kept it so light at the beginning and told you about how awful I am at talking to women. Yeah, you need to yeah, the, you have to have I the charm. To, I needed to balance it out. Yeah, for I got sure. angry. You got you guys you got you guys got angry Angry Jackson for a while. I apologize for that. I am excited about next week though. I am excited about next week. Um especially if we can get McCole Harmon back. I think that there are a lot of steps forward we might be seeing from this offense, and I think that the defense is only getting better. I think that part of our struggles, which we can talk about when we move forward to the looking forward, um, are that our scheme is staying back to what our defense was. To Our scheme is trying to comment what we were as a defense last year and not what we are as a defense this year. I think that is just stuff that comes with having a bunch of young players and also a defensive coordinator that's been in the league forever, right? Like, like it's it's just a matter of him adjusting to what we have on our team and what's available to him. And that's going to take some time. Uh, it's about time that time in the season where those changes will and need to come into effect. And I think we'll see that. Yeah. So let's, let's look at the bold predictions from last week because that's entirely what we should look at now. Uh, Jackson, you said that uh, Pat would have four passing touchdowns and 50 rushing yards. Uh, 50 rushing runs might have happened. I can't think of that right off the top of my head. But he only had two passing touchdown, t- touchdowns. He did have a, a rushing touchdown as well. So um, who's to say? Who's to say what uh, that did not happen? But he could do that this week, and we'll go from there. I said that Isaiah Pacheco would have 150 all-purpose yards and two touchdowns. <laughs> that didn't happen. Um, Should have guessed Jarek McKinnon on that one. And then Oliver said the touch that Kelsey would have two touchdowns and Damian Pierce would have 75 yards plus and a touchdown. Well, Damian Pierce didn't play. So who's to say? Who's to say? So, 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 so let's look at our – let's look ahead to the game this week. And since I don't have the soundboard anymore, it's no fun to look at, to look at bold predictions because then I can't make fun of everybody. So, so let's go ahead and look ahead to the – Don't tip your tongue. I can see it. Seahawks. It is the Seahawks on Saturday, Christmas Eve. We got a a Christmas Eve game against probably one of the most surprising teams in the NFL. Everybody pegged them to be like one of the worst, and now they're for a long time they led the NFC 
the NFC West and they're since second. They're second now and now I think they're they're they looking s- into the yeah, to they, the playoff They might sneak into the wild card if they play well the rest of the way out. But they're the only team at 500 left on our schedules them and then two teams that are below 500. So Yes, but that also includes the Raiders and the Broncos which are two teams that their divisional matchups they're going to they're going to play you tight no matter what. So yeah. I you just got to keep winning. You just got to keep winning. The Chiefs need to win out if they want any any kind of semblance. They did, and one thing we didn't even talk about because I feel like it's become such a such a like oh yeah they did it again. The Chiefs won the division for the seventh straight year. That doesn't happen, yo. Like that. That's tied for like third longest streak of all time. Yeah. With like, they just tied like the Rams from like the '90s when they had like Greatest Show on Turf. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. so it, no, yeah, they are they're in a league of their own right now and I think that great movie. But great I movie. think that Patrick Mahomes set a is setting a precedent that the Chiefs are going to be the best team in the AFC West. It's a it's a rebuild knock, year. Knock knock knock. It's a rebuild year and supposedly every single team quote unquote got better. Yeah, but this the year, Chiefs except for the Chiefs. So and the Chiefs still won but and we have three games left to play. So right. right. So um Genuinely, uh, I think it's very possible that the Chiefs – I don't want to jinx anything, but I think it's very, very possible that the Chiefs make a run at the record of 11 to tie the record of 11 straight conference championships or divisional championships because um, I think if they manage to re-sign Juju uh, and do something to either bring him back or fill the hole of McCole Hardman – uh, that's really the only two big names that might be leaving the offense or the whole team, honestly, this year. Um, I mean, they don't have a lot to re- to do to reload or get or or whatever next year. Like they're just building on top of what they already have with the draft and free agency. So, yeah. I guess Orlando Brown, but right now he's he's cruising for to be like, and he's, instead of fighting to be the the top paid offensive tackle in the league, he's paying he's fighting to be like the 10th highest paid <laughs> offensive tackle in the league at best. So, you know, um, we'll see where that goes. Uh, with the Seahawks, though, uh, they have a really interesting matchup because their run game is fantastic. Kenneth Walker has been a big surprise this year. He'll probably be offensive rookie of the year. Um, or is he a rookie? He is a rookie. Yeah, okay. But right. I was okay. I was trying to think of other people that would be offensive player of the year. It, it might have been like if he didn't get injured, it might have been like Brees Hall, Chris yeah. Olave, maybe. But he's been injured too, um, and he's on a bad team. So, right. Um, I mean, Isaiah Pacheco is also in that conversation. <sighs> but not as Kenneth, much as Kenneth, Walker. Kenneth Walker's better. Yeah, um, no, Kenneth Walker is probably the third best player on his team right now as a rookie. Yeah, um, and I think that this. They have a lot of weapons. Right. And you know Tyler Lockett is fantastic. He's playing half injured, though. Ema. Ema. E fucking Ma. Um, yeah. DJ, or not. DK, DK Metcalf. Metcalf yeah. um, is there. I haven't heard, I haven't seen much about him blowing up the stats. And one of the, and one of the biggest things for the, for the Seahawks and their success is that Geno Smith's been really good. He's like, been, yeah, solid. He leads the league in completion percentage at like 71, 70%, something like that. And he has been more than admirable for them. Like, yeah. so much that, they hold the the Broncos pick in the draft, and everyone's like, "Oh, should they get a quarterback?" And everyone's like, "Maybe no, they should. Maybe they sh- shouldn't. Maybe they yeah. should just rock with Geno because Geno's thirty two. This isn't. This also isn't a great quarterback class because like Caleb Williams is going back for another year. 
Oh, um, Caleb Williams also was not eligible to come out, or he would have. Oh, I thought he was. No. Oh, no, he's, he's a sophomore. He's a sophomore. Right, yeah. yeah. So, Caleb Williams isn't coming out yet, and he's probably the best quarterback in this year's college football. I mean, the, he is, technically. I think this is. I think this this draft has a lot of... Um, it's Bryce Young and Max Duggan. That's it. Max, and I don't know if either of those are really worth it. Max Duggan's not going to... Also, Max Duggan might go back to TCU. For a fifth year? He's also not going to be a first round pick. So no, I know, but that's what I'm saying is like this. If like honestly, Gino's doing well enough for them that like there's no reason for them to stress he's, or stretch for like Bryce Young. I, I, Bryce you Young's know? the best. The best. I think the best quarterback in the class just because he's C- the only first round worthy. If he's even that. CJ Stroud's first round worthy, but I, I is think he going is he in the draft? I didn't think oh he's yeah. old enough. Oh yeah. Okay. He's a junior. It's like Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, um, Will Levis, and then. Um, some people like Hendon Hooker, but Hendon Hooker's like 26. He's so. also injured. He I guess right Stetson now. Bennett, but he's not first first round. God, no. He's like 27 years Anyways, old. Anyways. Um, anyway. Sorry, we'll stop talking about the draft. We'll stop talking about the draft and talk about the game. Uh, <laughs> I think that, you know, this is a bit of a toss-up because, frankly, they're a significantly better team than the Texans. That's not hard to do, but, you know, um, Texans have one win. Seattle has seven. Um, Seattle's also kept it close with some pretty tough teams. Yeah. Um, that being said, we pissed on a 49ers team that just beat the Seahawks um one a 49ers team that the defense is absolutely insane and we made that defense look like a G, right a JV team right so um, I I don't understand and now I think they're playing way better now than they were a lot of weeks ago right but right that, that is still something you need to bring up is that the Brock Purdy led 49ers god yeah, it, it, he's looked great. He I mean, has you looked. Can't, you can't he's not him. making bad he's decisions. Just, yeah. That's what's up. Not not yet, anyways. Yeah, not um, yet. But, but then, yeah, I, back to the Seahawks. Yeah, rather. I I think that um, I say this every week, but frankly, it's hard not to with Mahomes. I think that this could be a coming out weekend, especially if we have the whole offense healthy. Um, as much as I love the Geno Smith story, I'd love for our defense to expose the shot of him. I mentioned earlier that I think. It's about time for the defensive scheme to start catching up to the talent that we have on our roster. I think that our scheme right now is does its best, especially because it's so blitz-heavy, to keep a secondary that maybe isn't as good as the, the defensive front from getting exposed by forcing mistakes via getting to the passer quickly. Um and frankly, what it is at now is that our secondary is maybe not better, but it is just as good or about as good as our defensive front is. Um, I don't know anything about Seattle's offensive line. I don't know much about their secondary, but I do want to say that I think that this could be a big pass game for Mahomes, um, even though it's going to be cold as shit. Uh, I also think that... Um, Gino might make some mistakes here. I think that he's a great comeback player, but he's shown that he still makes mistakes. He throws interceptions. He forces. He tries to force the ball on the ground when he shouldn't. Um, I think both teams are going to try to use the shit out of their running backs because how cold it's going to be this weekend in Kansas City. Um, but I also don't know how windy it's going to be. And frankly, if it's not windy, that's not going to stop Patrick Mahomes. Um, even if it is windy, that's not going to stop. Uh, yeah. So I think, yeah, I, there's not going to be a lot of passes downfield, but I think that both running backs are going to get mixed into the pass game a lot. Um, and I think that, um, I think that this will be, this will be a game that as you're watching, it seems like they're grinding it the fuck out. Um, 
but I am expecting a two possession game from the Chiefs here. Yeah. Um I I want to I don't want to challenge your point. All I all I'll say is I think that the Chiefs need to do This team doesn't need to start looking ahead right now. I think they need to be like, this is the game we're playing and this is what we're doing. Um, because every time they seem to look ahead, they play like garbage. Or they have to have Patrick Mahomes play Superman, which works a lot of the time. But um, Which, also, Pat Mahomes threw five incompletions on Sunday. And he <laughs> threw the ball 40, 41 fucking times. Yeah. yeah I yeah. don't understand that. Anyway, yeah. and didn't throw a pick either. Anyway, so... Um, it's going to be tough for the Seattle defense to uh, to deal with this kind of quarterback, I think, because the reason why I think the Seahawks have been so good is because their rookies have been really good. They have a really good left tackle and right tackle. They drafted this year, and both of them are, are above average a lot, by a lot. Like, Charles Cross is playing really well, and then their right tackle, who I can't remember the name of, is playing really well for a rookie, like stupid well for a rookie. <coughs> so... Damn, into the mic and everything. I know, That's right? Crazy. So, but here's the thing: is that their defense is also really, really suspect. But they do have Tariq Woolen, who has played really, really well on the outside, and he will probably be matched up with Juju or McCole, not McCole, uh, Kadarius or any something like that. And so, I think that more than anything, if you were to look at this defense, you could you could say that that Pat Mahomes could exploit them. And this could be the first real test that the Seattle defense is really, really facing from the quarterback perspective. I mean, Kyler Murray's good. Like Matthew Stafford, if they ended up playing him, I can't remember. But if they ended up, uh, like Matthew Stafford's good. But like Pat Mahomes is on a whole different level. So who's to say what's going to happen when we get in there? And their pass rush isn't that great. So if Orlando Brown can play tackle adequately, we should be okay. And the interior has been nothing but nasty the entire year. So uh, the tackle play is really what I feel like this game probably comes down to. But are you ready to get into the bold predictions for this week? Yeah, these are probably. Okay, cool. So I'm going to throw it over to you, Jackson. I'm going to make you go first, unless you would. No, I got you. So I mentioned earlier that I think this is going to be a running back heavy game. But I also don't think that it means that they're not going to be passing either team. Um, I think that, like we mentioned, as long as Patrick Mahomes is playing in this league and as long as he is – in his prime specifically, yeah. the Chiefs are going to be a throw-first team regardless of the conditions. Yeah, We've seen that in snow, in rain, in wind, in cold. They like to let him throw because he's he wants to throw. Yeah, um, And for that reason, I also think that the Seahawks are going to feel like they need to throw. That being said, it is going to be cold as shit. And both quarterbacks are going to have chilly hands. They're not going to want to be throwing the ball that much. They're going is There's going to need to be a little bit of preservation on on both teams. To make sure that the quarterbacks um, are in are, are are have the physical ability to win the game if they need to at the end of it. Um, that being said, I think that both running backs are going to be used in both a passing and running aspect. I think there's going to be a lot of like screen passes, bubble passes, and just normal handoffs, you know, stuff like that. I'm gonna go ahead and say that I think Pacheco and Kenneth Walker both have. 150 all-purpose yards. Uh, Kenneth Walker's going to have 150 all-purpose yards. Kansas City running backs are going to have 200. I 
as I was saying, that's a good that, one. That's actually a pretty good one. I think. as I was saying that, I remembered that um, <laughs> McKinnon has been on a fucking roll, which we haven't mentioned. That dude is just going absolutely insane, and I can't, I can't put all the all-purpose yards on um, Pacheco because McKinnon is probably the best pass catching back in the league right now. So, I here's the thing: nobody wanted him in the offseason. I was like, why? I love him. I've always loved him. And then when he was going into camp, I was like, oh, he's probably going to lose out to Ronald Jones. And then, I, and then as you see, he's like, oh, he's really good in pass pro, so they're going to keep him. And then you keep seeing as well, and you're like, wow, this guy's kind of better than Clyde. And then you just see him continue to get better. It's almost as if, like, Andy Reid is like, I think that, yeah, they want like, the shit quiet. They're like, don't talk about this. Because then when we get to the playoffs, we can actually well, start Well, because here's the thing, here's the thing. It's not just that he's quick as shit and is great at finding holes. It's also that, like, when the play breaks down, if he is not the in the primary receiver, the dude finds himself open in short yardage, like five yards in front of Mahomes. So often. And I think part of it is because he's so quick, he can get across the field and get in front of Patrick Mahomes' face and be like, look, I'm here, I'm open, pass it off to me. But, like, Patrick Mahomes' little, like, dump pass, whatever the fuck that was, like, two or three weeks ago. Oh, in in Denver last week. Yeah, yeah. that wasn't because Mahomes was just so savvy and good. That's because McKinnon he saw McKinnon in front of Mahomes' yeah. face and said, I'm right here, give me the ball. You are struggling. Yeah. There's no one open for you, and there's no way for you to turn across your body at this point. Toss it to me. I'm here. Yeah, he looked. He looked um, up the field. He said, "There's green over there. Yeah, I'm gonna run over like, there." And Pat went. I think people forget how one how long McKinnon's been in the league. Yeah, um, for one, like he's a smart fucking ball because player. he's always been. He's either been hurt and he got hurt in Minnesota. He was the. He was like the third option in San Francisco. Right. Then he got hurt. Right. And then he. And then he came here. Yeah. And I think that. I'm glad we're talking about this because I'm so forgot to bring it up. Jarek McKinnon. If you can somehow unlock, he's the rec- he's the third down back, and that's how it rolls. And then Pacheco's gonna gonna play first and second. Um, I like that. <laughs> and if you can actually get the full potential of them, finally at the same time, like you did on Sunday, and Pacheco doesn't fumble the fucking ball, then I feel like you you have one of the better one-two punches going into the playoffs. With Samaj P. Ryan and Joe Mixon with the Bengals. And Derrick Henry kind of counts for all of that just by himself. So she's just because he's so good. Yeah. But you have a really good one-two punch matched with Pat Mahomes, who is the MVP in the league, argue a wall. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. I'll stop talking about it. Yeah. I, I think Jerick McKinnon, my God. Yeah. I think my bold prediction is a little, not honestly, not that bold. If I wanted to get bold, I'd probably say 250 or more. Uh, I'm gonna stick with 200. You wanna add a you wanna add a touchdown to that? Uh, we'll do 200. I got you. I got you. Honestly, if I wanted to, I'd add two touchdowns. Oh no. I think I'm gonna stick with 200 all-purpose yards from the Chiefs running backs and 150 from Kenneth Walker. I think that's the big like whoa whoa whoa. I'm really expecting um, Gino to lean on Kenneth, uh, especially because we're gonna pressure the quarterback a lot. Um, Karloftis is coming into his own. Chris Jones is Chris Jones and as much as people hate to admit it, because the numbers don't show it, Frank Clark has been playing better football this year. He it's had a really as simple good as that. He had a really good PFF grade on Sunday. He is not. He is not getting sacks, and I get that that's frustrating, especially for a guy getting paid as much as he is. But he is pressuring the quarterback still, and he's doing a pretty good job at it. Um, yeah. That being said, I think that there are going to be a lot of times that uh, Kenneth Walker might be like the second or third option, and he has to get dumped off too because 
the pocket breaks down and it's cold, too cold for Gino to just like launch downfield for someone streaking, you know? So yeah, I'm going to stick with that. No, I'm not going to add anything to it. I think that the running backs on both teams are going to be having good games. I think that regardless of how many yards either team has, um, I would venture to guess at least half of them comes from the running backs. That's not part of the bull prediction, but I would assume that those numbers will account for at least half or around half of everything. Cool. Where I'll go into mine. Head? I'm gonna. I'll do mine. Um, see, let me let me look officially at this at this Tyler Lockett news because I really wanted him to. Uh, I really wanted Tyler Lockett to kind of show out, but he. It looks like he's he might miss on Sunday. So it it's. I don't think I'm gonna pick that, but. I think one thing I'll have to pick is uh, I think Juju goes off in this game. You I think? think it's a Juju. I think it's a Juju game. Juju coming out party? Yeah, Juju coming out party. Or uh, a better way to phrase that. Uh, Juju going insane party. So Juju, I think, has over 100 yards. And we see that form headed into the playoffs. And then just enough for people to talk about him. Um, so then when McColl gets back, the shift goes entirely to McColl and I'm not trying to do some pipe dream garbage but can you imagine Kadarius Tony and McColl Hardman together just like trying to like doing fake end around with both of them where they they cross behind Mahomes they snap the ball and guard who you want to guard because well, <laughs> Hardman's quick as shit but Juju is probably the hardest motherfucker to tackle in the entire world and he's and he's doing and it's big uh, tight end packages. They're using him as a big tight end, basically. I it, they're using I, him like they use Kelsey. I yeah. didn't realize this until watching him this season. But that dude is elusive as shit. It's not even that he's good at that, that good at finding holes. But You're like talking about Juju, right? Yes. Yeah. You will bounce off that motherfucker. Like he's not even that big. Like he's big for a wide receiver, I guess. And he's a good route runner. But like, I, I would I want to know what his yards after contact is. Cause like yeah, I feel like at least once a game he's getting hit hard and still pushing for like five or six yards. Um, yeah, I like I like that I like that prediction. I think that a guy like that might have a couple pretty big catches where, like I said, he maybe catches the ball shorter, gets hit once or twice, or like bounces off a couple guys and then just moves. I like Juju. God, I want him for another season. I don't know if I don't know if it's possible. I think it's to possible. say with the injury concerns, he might. He I might think it's possible he sticks around for for cheaper than what he probably is worth if he really wants a ring after being on the Steelers for so long. and Yeah, if he if he wins the Super really. Bowl this year, who knows? I yeah. mean, who's to say? We who's don't know. Uh, if we win, I think it's more of a possibility, but um, we got to get there first. I'm going to add a, I'm gonna add one more leg to this, and I'm going to say that... A uh, little parlay? Yeah, I'm going to... Well, it's not a parlay because there's not three, but I'll add another leg to it. I oh, think okay. Willie Gay's going to have another big game. I think Willie Gay is going to make an, make an impact. How about that? Word. Is that uh, is that not bold enough, or should I say that he's he does something specific? Uh, no, that's I, I, fine. I think. Okay. Yeah. So. Oh, um, God, that's that's how we have chop talk. I guess. chop talk. I guess. So with the more. I know right. So let's uh, we'll be back with the coffin corner and drop the ball right after this. And we are back with the coffin corner. For a little bit. My God, I do need to talk about it for a second. The Royals signed a two-year deal with uh, Jordan Lyles, who played with the Orioles last year. Um, am I the only one? I'm not the only one. But this is a terrible deal. I don't know what the hell the Royals are doing. 
other than like depth, but like two years, 17 million. And one of the biggest things is like the literal silver slugger candidate at third base just signed a from last year, signed a two year, $17 million deal. It's like, put that money there. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I, I mean, pitching's the problem. I, I get that. Pitching, pitching is well, the problem, but like, but <laughs> also the pitching market is the most inflated out of all the positions right now. Um, I think more than anything that the Royals just don't know what the hell they have and they just want to try it out with yeah. this new staff and then maybe maybe all of the problems will go away and then they'll be just so good that they'll turn into the Dodgers with the new pitching staff. Lyles also, for what it's worth, doesn't walk a lot of guys. He's not good by any means, but he doesn't walk he's a lot He's got a career guys. ARA over five. Yeah. And you sign him to a two-year deal with $17 million. He doesn't walk a lot of guys. Are you are you are you getting the common thing here? I I understand, but you um, can't tell me that this is not. He's, it's this dumb. is he's not overpaid. Kind of dumb. I don't hate the pickup, but he's overpaid. Um, my yeah, biggest issue with it is that it makes me concerned we're not going after a Grinky, unless Lyles is going to be a bullpen guy, which he is so overpriced for. If he's a bullpen guy, even more so if he's going to be in the rotation. Especially yeah, if it's it a makes team. me think we aren't going to get Grinky back. Well, and, and I'd much rather have Grinky. And the biggest thing too that everybody's talking about is like um. Yo, the 40-man is completely full, so y'all want to make a spot for him? And nobody's – they're not making a spot yet. So, we'll see I'm what happens that there. that that it's a trade. There's a trade coming. But Yo, could you imagine Michael A. Taylor and Hunter Dozier being sh- just shipped out for something? That would be awesome. I wish. Anyway. Anyway. I feel like that's the only thing we have to talk about the Royals, but I did need to bring that up because that's kind of dumb. I, I just don't um, – I mean, there's, like, some other baseball news. Carlos Correa failed his physical. Well, that's um, at least the assumption. That's the assumption for his Giants. For the Giants, um, I feel like there's other news, but um, you know, there's been a couple of like international signings from Japan. One to the Mets, one to the Red Sox. Both are intriguing. Um, there's another guy I think I can't remember if it's from Japan or Korea that might be coming over next year. That's a really intriguing prospect. Maybe the Chiefs or the not the Chiefs, the Royals can jump on him. I really want the Chiefs to jump in or Jesus, the Royals to jump in into the international the the Korean Japanese market a lot more than they do. Cuz frankly, I think that there's a lot of guys over there that would fit the t- the team's profile. Um that's just me though. But yeah, I mean, there's not a lot to talk about. Uh the Lyles signing is kind of dumb and stupid, but hopefully there's a greater plan. Hopefully I mean, there's something else. Frankly, it's not like there's a cap, so like they can pay him whatever the fuck I, they want to pay him as long as, as Sherman they use him is well, okay with but that. But I, I think what my biggest thing is I wanted them to have a f- – I wanted Granky and then I wanted them to get Kluber. I wanted Granky and Kluber, and I would have been like, yo, that's really good. Because then you get, a, you, get a, you get a rotation with Daniel Lynch – with Daniel, with uh, with Brady Singer heading it, and then you have Corey, then you have Zach Granke probably, then Corey Kluber, then Daniel Lynch, and then you can fill in whoever the hell you want to fill in, whether that be John Heasley, Chris Bubich, like let them go and compete, be- because if you have like a solid four there, then it's like okay, like we might not be great, but also, like at least we have like a solid, um, like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? But at least you have like a legitimate like f- top four that you can be like, okay, we can let this rookie have this five, and then if he sucks, we'll just switch him out with somebody else, you know. So yeah. I think that I think more than anything, you just they needed to come to a decision somehow on that. But uh, I I just have a I have this really terrible feeling that they just don't want to spend any money, and they just because they don't want to spend money, not because they can't, 
but just because they don't want to spend money. Well, I mean, and if they're willing to spend seventeen mil on two years of. Here's the thing: if Lyles, if that's spread out, if somebody spread out evenly, and there's not a bunch of incentives attached to it, Lyles is gonna be the second high, highest paid Royal this year, unless something else changes. Um. So if they're not willing to spend money, then they just spend a lot of money on some dude that's not that good. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, I, I still think I'm of the opinion that I think what we talked about last time we really talked about the Royals is. Probably the most likely and best uh, best move for them, which is just to let the let the young guys play and see where they stand, and then maybe make some free agent moves. Because frankly, there's no reason to bury possible starting talent, some possible all star talent behind a bunch of guys that are 35 years old and maybe have two years left in the league. See, that's the other slide. Of, that's the other half of the coin. But here's my problem: is that you haven't seen that. You can't expect the, a new pitching coach to come in here and be like, cool, John Heasley's an ace now. Like, John Heasley's good. I don't right. think he's not good. I just think yeah. that it's like, you, it's unrealistic expectations for you to be like, okay, John Heasley's going to come out here and shove and throw 180 innings. Well, I, I don't, don't think that's going to happen. I don't think the expectation is that that is going to be the case. I think the expectation is that he's not going to get worse. Right? The expectation okay. is that he is going to at least do what he did last year. And if mm-hmm. he does what he at least did last year, and everybody does at least what they did last year, okay, which isn't always a hundred percent, right? Um, then we're not going to lose any more games than we did last year, and we were already shit. And if we do, fuck it, right? We're not going to the World Series this year, you know. Like, I say this every year because, frankly, with how big the playoffs are now, there's an outside shot that we go to the world to the wild card. That's if everything goes according to plan, right? Yeah. So like. At worst, fuck it. We lose a bunch of games. We were going to do that anyways, right? Yeah. Like, I I would much rather trade five or six extra losses this year mm-hmm. for 10 to 15 more wins next year because we know it's on the team and we can actually address it in free agency. You know what I mean? I got you. I, does that make sense? No, it totally That's makes sense. That's kind of what I'm trying to say here is like, like, if that is their goal, I'm all for it. Because, like, I'm okay losing a couple extra games in a year where we're probably not going to make the playoffs anyways. Yeah. In order to actually address actual needs next year and not be all, like, wishy-washy like we are this year. Yeah, and this is what I'll say, and I think that it'll probably be the end of our conversation. But if you look ahead to the to the starters for the 2024 uh, free agent class in, in Major League Baseball, I mean, that – and we might have talked about this last week, but – Luis Severino's in that list. Like, Max Scherzer can opt out. That's not an opportunity. I don't know why I brought that up. But, like, if you want to shoot for the moon, Shohei is on, will be a free agent after next year. So, like, you have possibly better things happening in next year's free agent free agency. Marcus Stroman, who I think would rock in this rotation. You also have uh, you Darvish, who would I think would be really, really good as well. Syndergaard signed a one-year deal. Um, Giolito's a free agent after after this year. So I, I think more than anything, they might be looking at next year's free agent class and be like, we like this, that we like that one better, and we're we're willing to spend more money next offseason. And maybe you know they they put something together like the Mariners did in 2021, and where nobody expected anything to happen with them, and then they were contending for baseball at the end of the year and then they went out signed Robbie Ray came back here and made it to the playoffs I mean it does help that they had the rookie of the year on their team but and probably one of the 
most generational talents will see for the next 10 years. But I think Bobby Wood Jr., you'd be lying to yourself if Bobby Wood Jr. is not that as well. And so I think um, the Royals have the pieces. It's just we can't say anything about this team until we actually see it on the field. I feel like you feel the same exact way, though. Yeah. It's like because I would love to bring Zach Greinke back, and I think you should bring bring Zach Greinke back. But I think since Dayton Moore's not there anymore, I so think Zach Greinke's like, yeah, I'm going I'm to get the, the most money I can out of you now. Like, I think, I think that was already his plan. It's not like Zach Greinke was here for – he was here for like what two years of Dayton Moore, and that was him trying. He got drafted by Dayton. No, no, Dayton Moore wasn't the GM until like two thousand six. Like two thousand six. Yeah, but Zach Greinke was drafted in 04. I apologize. Zach Greinke came here, but he did come up with Dayton Moore, and Dayton Moore I was mean, yeah, but his general manager. So like, I I get that. Um, at the heart, at the heart, I of don't it, know, man. I, I don't know I don't if there's know. that much, that much, um, solidarity between the two. I. I think Zach Grinke was going to try to get his money anyways. Um, I would love to see him back. It doesn't look like we're getting him at this point, and it seems like that's more of an us decision than it is a him decision. Yeah. Okay. That's that. Okay, we're done with the we're at we're we're done with the with the uh, Kaufman corner. We're going to we are going to head to America's favorite segment, drop the ball. And then I'm going to go first because I Jackson Are you as familiar with it with, with I am as I am to where you can recount a lot of the information for My, the, for mine yeah I think so okay cool so I'll I'll go I'll take I won't take that one I'll do I'll do okay. what I was thinking okay. which is uh Jacoby Myers of the of the New England Patriots what do you think in throwing the ball across the field and then giving it to Mac Jones probably the least athletic person in the entire NFL being like cool let's give it to him and let him run with it I understand what you're thinking, but you also have to understand the the literal. If he, if you were losing, awesome, get it. I get you it. You yeah. are tied. Go down and go to overtime. If you're unaware of this fucking play that we're talking about, go go look up Jacoby Myers Patriots and then Chandler Jones. He throws it across his body across the fucking field, and then it goes right into Chandler Jones' hands to where Chandler Jones literally stiff arms Mac Jones into the fucking dirt into hell, and into then hell. walks into the end zone, and then the Raiders' season is somehow still alive. So, Mac my, Jones saw the devil and came back. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> no, it was it was absolutely terrible. I mean, closely followed was that closely followed. What we were going to talk about is my God, the the fighting Jeff Saturdays. Uh, this is Oliver's, I guess. Lose having a thirty three to nothing lead, thirty three to nothing lead at halftime, and then losing to the Vikings. Not saying the Vikings are bad. The Vikings are good, but there's no excuse. There's not well. Here's the thing. That was the largest comeback in NFL history. There's doesn't matter who the fuck it is. You should, you were winning that game. Yeah, by you 33 points. No other team in the history has ever done what they what happened to you. And you guess know? and don't wait, say what I think you're gonna say because I have beef with this. Yeah, with what I was with. Okay. Well, I was just gonna say who's the quarterback of the Colts right now? Yeah, Matt Ryan. That's not his fault. He played a great game. Uh, okay. Well, fuck the Colts defense. Fuck Matt Saturday. You score 33 Matt, points, your Jeff, team wins. Jeff Saturday? <laughs> Jeff Saturday. What the fuck is his name? I, don't I care. think I think it's really, really funny that uh, it, Matt, it, Matt Ryan is the Matt Ryan was the quarterback for the worst uh, for the worst <laughs> blown lead in, in the Super Bowl. And also and then also the re- worst ever. regular season ever. So um, yeah, I, I get it. It's funny, but like at the same time, like I saw so many people like shitting on him for it. And I was like, but dude's offense put up 33 points. Like it's a pretty solid Vikings team. You know? He didn't he didn't like the Vikings score fucking 22 points in the fourth quarter. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 
No, I, I understand, but still, still I mean, funny. He probably could have kept playing better, but like you're up 33-0, you're in, you're in conservation mode, right? It's not his job to keep throwing fucking dimes. Exactly. Well, especially when you have a decent running game and the best offensive line in the league. Right. You should be able to close it out, but right. you didn't. Okay, I'll, okay, Jackson, I'm going to um, throw it over to you. So I want to shout out my mom. That offensive or, line might be really good, but it wasn't. I didn't finish what I was going to say. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, Jacoby okay. Myers and uh, the Colts, you dropped the ball. Yeah. So. Well, no, you chucked it halfway across the field. but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I want to shout out my mom because she had her own drop the ball. Um, the Colts' offensive line might be really good, but it wasn't good enough to protect Matt Ryan's ass from a Vikings defender's fingers just going right into it. Nice. It got finger blasted. Pardon my French. That's pretty crude, but that's the only way to really describe what happened. Exactly. My drop the ball. Um, if you guys aren't on Twitter, um, don't follow the Chiefs super well. You might not know who um, Chiefsaholic is. Um, he's a self-proclaimed Kansas State alumni. Didn't really graduate from Kansas State. Um, <laughs> I was just going to say. <laughs> uh, he uh, said he worked at warehouses. Uh, like he was a he warehouse owned manager warehouses. or something like yeah. that. I don't know. Um, <laughs> uh, so he travels to a lot of Chiefs games. And so people knew he was supposed to be at the Houston game. Who are we talking about? Sorry. Chiefsaholic. Oh, yes. Chiefsaholic. People knew he was supposed to be at the Texans game. Um, people who people knew where he was going to be sitting, didn't see him at the game. Didn't he's very active on Twitter? Wasn't tweeting for like four days, and everybody was like, "Okay, what's happening? Is he okay?" There was like a basically an Amber Alert across Chiefs Twitter, like like very like popular like Chiefs, um, you know, like fan like super fans and like Chiefs like sports like like analytics accounts, you know, like Arrowhead Pride, blah blah blah, um. And there's basically like a big, like a, an APB. Like people were asking for like, if anybody had any, any information about who he was so they could get in contact with his family and file a police report, basically. Like they were that concerned. Um, and within that same 24-hour span of people being concerned about him, uh, it comes out that he was arrested uh, on Friday, probably going down, while he was going down to the game, for armed robbery. <laughs> Um, holy shit. <laughs> um, uh, so some dude went back and traced back, um, basically everything this also you find about you, him. you, what has to also be said is this guy's like a super fan. People know who this dude is. Like if you go the to the game, like 17,000 followers, the guy who literally dresses up as Casey, as a, as a wolf and yeah. goes into this. The stadium goes to went to every single game and literally he was like, oh, you know, I'd never been to I've never been to every single game, so I'm gonna go to the game in Houston. Yeah. Um, so someone went back and tried to find every instance they could of him, like you just tra tra basically track what he's been up to over his life because there's a lot of I know like for a while he didn't want people to know who he was, like people didn't know his full name, like nobody knew his full name going into this, like he went out of his way to make sure that he stayed vaguely anonymous. Um. So then you start putting it together, and it's like he wore a mask. Yeah. Um. Yeah. In 2014, uh, he was arrested in Utah for suspicion of theft. Um. And two years later, he was arrested, um. 
in 2016 for misdemeanor theft. <laughs> um, on February 27th of 2020, he was arrested in Platte, Missouri. So the first time in and around Kansas City for unknown charges. Uh, in September 29th of this year, uh, he sued and won the Patriots, Robert Kraft, for a slip and fall incident in the parking lot of um, Gillette Stadium. For literally three years ago. Yeah, he waited three years and then sued and won, by the way. Um, he has been known to place multiple very, very large bets on Chiefs games on a regular basis. He also had a lot of tweets about, you know, like his grind mentality and how much he's worked to like make a really earnest living, blah, blah, blah. Um, someone found something about how when he was a, um, when he was a kid, uh, there like his mom and his older brother got arrested for like some sort of like charity fraud thing and you can only assume that he was listed in the article as the 17 year old nameless individual who was also indicted or like brought to charges or whatever um he was a minor at the time so he was left nameless but we can only assume that was him um since the rest of his family was there so like right so like we are um under the assumption right now uh that the money that he was using to bet on and go to chiefs games was all like stolen money and money that was like conned out of people like conceivably like this is wild like this is like something that like if more information keeps coming out about this guy there's like ESPN 30 for 30 written all over this, you know? Um, so yeah, <laughs> holy shit. Sorry for that whole like true crime breakdown, but don't rob banks to go to Chiefs games. Um, I just don't. Jesus. <laughs> it was just wild. Like for, it was insane. Yeah. For the longest time, I was like, okay, how, how's he affording this? Like, how's he affording this? And then he was like, yeah, man, I like... I own I own all these warehouses. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I'm, oh, cool. Yeah, I manage awesome. warehouses, and that's how I do it. Sweet. But now we find out everything, and it makes so much sense. Adding himself to, like, all of the Kansas City super fans that have gone on to literal criminal charges, like X-Factor walking out of the literal hospital in, like, with a – with a with his hand on his arm like oh no i'm still hurt x factor you know one of the worst humans on the literal yeah, face some dude of the that, earth. like assaulted another fan and then tried to be like the victim about it yeah and there was like some other fan that i can't remember what the fuck happened to him but well red extreme used to beat the shit out of people just regularly there it was yeah yeah, yeah that guy. <laughs> and then red extreme and x factor got into it so yeah so that's what happened anyways but then chief saholic yeah he's i think most robin banks most yo. chiefs fans are pretty chill but like holy fuck this guy's robbing banks this and, dude this dude like in there's like there's like tweets of him like it seems like just in plain in plain sight just going like yeah bro, I'm like that. Oh, so <laughs> I think one of the funniest things is somebody posted a picture and it. I we don't think that it this is actually him, but in a somebody in a wolf mask oh, robbing yeah, a bank, yeah. 
And somebody's like, oh my god, is he actually it's, wearing the thing nah, that he wears to the games no, no, no. to Rob It's Banks. been confirmed that that picture isn't him, but, like, that'd be so fucking fun. Like, I will lose my mind if, like, we get picture, like, if we get video surveillance or something like that of this robbery and this dude is actually wearing his fucking mask. Like, I that'd will, be hilarious. I will be inconsolably just, like, overjoyed. Um, how do you think, like, if he knew how much press he was getting for this, do you think he'd be happy or do you think he'd hate it? Because he's getting so much press. I can't imagine he's excited. Oh, because yeah, like, I mean. there's no way, like, like one, like, there's no way he'll be welcomed back into the fandom the way he is. You know, like, not not anymore. Like, this dude was like doing charity stuff. You know, like, and like, was like huge on like Chiefs Twitter. Like, people were like going out of their way to meet him and stuff like that. And that's not gonna be the case anymore. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, someone was like. So, like, he placed a bet on Mahomes winning MVP and the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl. If that hits, who gets the money? <laughs> Hopefully me. Um, I Spread across Chiefs kingdom. So, like, moral of the story, don't rob banks to go to Chiefs games, I guess. And if I had to tell you that. And another thing, proving once and for all, the Chiefs are so good and Patrick Mahomes is so good that it's causing bitches to commit felonies. That armed felonies. To go to, go to these games. Like that's what that's that's what the Chiefs have done. This Patrick is, this Mahomes is a has done point this point for ticket prices, bro. Like yeah. they need to go down now. Yeah. So we don't have to rob banks to go do it. <laughs> don't drop the ball like like Chiefsaholic though. Like that my God. My God. Well, that just about rounds us out. It's pretty late. Oliver still hasn't shown up. Yeah, we were hoping it maybe pop up um, at some point, but Yeah. Still missing. Maybe he's robbing banks somewhere. Maybe he's robbing a bank. Yeah, who's to say? Who's to say? Well, until next time, don't don't rob banks and uh and uh what else, Jackson? Don't drop the ball. Yeah. <laughs>